0: Today's program is brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit
1: HeritageFoodsUSA.com. I'm Chris Kuzmi. And I'm Mary Izette. From Famanibody. Famanibody. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, I'm Denise Herman of Empire of the Dog, sitting in this week for Celia Kutcher on Animal Instinct. Today I'm going to be talking with Patricia Johnson of TurtleAdvocate.org. Patricia is a certified wildlife rehabilitator in New York State who specializes in native turtle conservation and rehabilitation. In 2015, she was selected as a fellow by Northeastern Partners in in Amphibian and Reptile Conservation. Patricia organizes twice-yearly turtle intensives for persons working in turtle conservation, and the next upcoming intensive will be in March at Vassar College in Poughkeepsie. That's not even her day job, because additionally, she and her husband, Mark Michaels, have authored five award-winning books on sexuality relationships and tantra. They share their home with three parrots, four cats, and dozens of turtle patients at any given time. Her website is turtleadvocate dot org. Please welcome to Animal Instinct Patricia Johnson. Hey, I'm hey, so for- glad to be here. It's good to have you here. I'm so glad to have you. <laughs> um, so the first question is, how did you become involved with turtles in general?
0: It's a, uh, one of my favorite questions to answer. Um, it's a, quite a story. Uh, back in 2004, uh, geez, my husband and I were just right in the midst of writing our first book, and um, our parrot Linus um, just went into a screaming fit i thought oh my gosh something horrible has happened to him i ran into the living room and he was going crazy and i looked around the living room i couldn't figure out what was bothering him until i looked out the window and out there was the most beautiful creature i'd ever laid my eyes on and that was an eastern box turtle Mm-hmm. Did you know that at the time,
1: that that's what it was?
0: Yeah, I actually did know. Um, Eastern box turtles are very beautiful. They have um, golden um, and also orange coloration, and they look sort of like fall foliage, like leaves. That shell pattern is very, very beautiful. It was raining lightly that day, so her shell was so pretty that I thought I'd get, um, get my camera mm-hmm. and take a photograph um, right then. My husband, Mark, was coming home from doing errands, and he said, oh, look at her. I think she's going to lay eggs.
1: (laughs) Because he's also a closet turtle expert that you didn't know of. He's like, I I saw Nova last week.
0: (laughs) I'm like, how did you know that? Um, So I I ran inside. I started researching turtles on the Internet, and wow, I discovered um, that turtles are going extinct faster than any other vertebrate in the world. Um, And I started researching more and more and I thought, oh my gosh, what is what if this is the last eastern box turtle in Westchester County? Oh my gosh, you know. Um, What I find amazing about that story, and it's what's amazing about life is in that moment when I laid my eyes on her, it totally changed my life. I totally took on a whole new career a whole new trajectory in that few seconds wow (laughs) how long ago was that 2004 um and then i uh during the course of the evening i did lose sight of the turtle but i i um found her again later that night at we were sitting at dinner and there she was in our front walkway right in the middle of the flagstones laying a nest um And let me tell you, when you watch a turtle lay a nest, it is one of the most thrilling things to see, but it also isn't, it's not unlike watching paint dry. Mm. (laughs) It's a long, (laughs) long process. She started at six. She didn't finish until well after 1 a.m. It's arduous.
1: It's amazing. Was that, was that like she was laying it on your walk or she had made a... A, a hole, or I have as much as I know about dogs, I know exactly the opposite, like less than zero, about turtles. So I'm gonna ask really slightly dumb questions, I'm sure. No,
0: no, they're great. Um, so turtles lay eggs, and so she digs a hole, and she's brilliant by choosing the flagstones because flagstones maintain heat. Mm. And what she needs to do is select a site that incubates her eggs. And mm-hmm. so that's why she was digging there. And um, let me tell you, once a female turtle is done with her nest, she just walks away, she doesn't even look over her shoulder. she's done. And those hatchlings, those eggs, once they hatch,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're on their own in life. They start out as hatchlings, and they
1: just start life out. So then did you wait for the hatchlings? Yeah. <laughs> and so what amazing. happened in between when she laid them and the hatchlings and your trajectory and where you are now? Cuz now you're licensed certified wildlife rehabilitator and you're not quite overrun with turtles. Not quite
0: <laughs> yet. Yeah. But
1: yeah, what was that process like and how long did that take? Well,
0: um, I, I just became obsessed with turtles since that day, and I I like to describe it as discovering your inner twelve year old. Like it's the coolest thing. Turtles are to me, and I I spend every morning reading about them. Um, so I, from there, um, it was about two thousand, late two thousand seven into two thousand eight, and I found a local wildlife preservation that was welcoming and volunteers and i went to them and said listen i'm interested in turtles what can i just do some work with them and they said hey we think they're nesting here but we don't know where um and i'm like great let me do that let me go find where they're nesting and that's uh, i've been doing protecting nests nests uh at the preserve Uh, Since 2008 Um, And I've learned so much Watching them nest Watching the individuals year after year Um, And then from there I wanted to do more work As a layperson I knew I wasn't going to go back And get a biology degree In this stage of life Mm -hmm. But I found out That you can become A wildlife rehabilitator And it's quite easy You can get licensed by the state Um, You just take a simple test And I have two letters of recommendation. I'd love to get listeners, if they're interested in helping animals, just contact me. I'll talk you through the process. And um, I got my license and then started training and reading medical books and um, brought in. My first cases were very simple. I had um, a mentor
1: that I worked with so that I could start to learn more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what does the rehab consist of? Like, uh, what? what is the process of, you know, is it a phone call? Is it a found turtle? Is it Craigslist? What what happens? Where, <laughs> where do these turtles come from? And then what happens to them at your place? Um, why, why do they need rehab? What's going on with them? What are the options there?
0: Well, um, I get calls from the public all the time. Um, and I also the uh, DEC will call and bring animals as well. Um, wildlife officers, if they've confiscated animals. Um, the Common injury would be road strike, sadly so. Mm. Um, I recommend coming up in June, late May and June, don't look straight down the roadway, look from side to side, and really watch for animals coming onto the road, be careful for that. Um, so, those animals can be under my care for, geez, uh, up to 16 months. Mm-hmm. Um, as they heal the shell shell can take some time to heal um so
1: yeah and so when they're ready to go back is there a protocol i you know i I was wondering you know how many of them do we know where they came from do they go back there do you find somewhere safer uh or can some of them not be released at all what's what's the protocol for okay now you're ready to go again what what happens then
0: yeah um with turtles they have something that's called sight fidelity so that's their home range and they know it think of it from the turtles perspective Load on ground. They know where to find the berries in the spring or where to hibernate or uh, where their water sources are. So we want to keep them in their home population. There's also an issue uh, with emerging diseases, so we don't translocate an animal. Mm-hmm. They've, some studies have found that translocated turtles become disoriented and they just start walking and they just try to find their home again. And I think. I, I think the public really doesn't really understand that so much because they think, oh, well, we found him while we were hiking and my park in my neighborhood is so nice. Let's just take him there. Yeah. And um, they might have given that turtle a death sentence. Yeah, so.
1: and that, that brings us to something I was curious about because, you know, the, the layperson who isn't in turtle rehab yet, yet till you, till you bring them in, <laughs> um, you know, what, what should someone do if they find a turtle out somewhere? Um, wherever that may be. What are the considerations if I run across a turtle? Should I leave it? Should I inspect it? Should I, uh, you know, I, I obviously don't pick it up and take it home. Yes. That is the, you know, well, generally, you know, that's what I want to know. Is there, is there a time where that would happen?
0: Well, there's a lot of answers to that question. First of all, you don't pick it up and take it home because it is illegal,
2: Oh,
0: it is. as unless you're licensed and by the state, you cannot bring wildlife home. So do not do that. Um, If you want a pet turtle, we'll talk about that later, probably. Um, So if you see a turtle in the winter outside, something is wrong.
1: So they shouldn't be on their own, out, visible in the winter.
0: No, they go into hibernation. They take their long winter's nap during the winter. And if they are out, that means they're injured. So, first of all, if do- nothing looks wrong, leave the turtle alone. Um, if it's not
1: winter. If it's not winter. Okay. If it's winter, that's critical mass. They're right. they're in danger of freezing. Obviously, if it's yeah. if it's winter, they should not be loose out, and something's uh, horribly wrong.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So, um, and then it, if you think the turtle is in distress, um, you might see if it's been hit by a car, definitely, or um, has swelling around the head, around mm-hmm. the ears, or the eyes, mm-hmm. um, then you do want to um, bring that turtle to a licensed wildlife rehabilitator. Mm-hmm. And if you can't locate one in your area, you might be able to find a vet who is experienced in turtle medicine mm-hmm. okay. and bring it to them. But definitely get it care because it's important to to keep that in its home
1: yeah. population. Well, how do I know visually what is it going to look like if it's in distress? Uh, you know, if, I mean, if it's been hit, that might be pretty clear, but it's are there less clear. clear things that, you know that that might be going on that i would go oh and if i don't know what to do then what do i do
0: yeah we'll always get an expert help um if you see a turtle and you're not sure it seems something's wrong try to take an iphone photo with uh, of it and see if you can get oh, that mailed idea. to an expert and they can say oh no this is right no that's normal yeah um Things like swelling around the ears, um, open mouth breathing. Turtles don't breathe with their mouth open. If they're extending their neck and have their mouth open, that Mm -hmm. means they're in distress as well.
1: Okay. All right. And, you know, what um, I was curious about, you know, if they travel in groups, is there danger in moving one of them? Are there more, you know, they're not exactly like deer where they're in groups, but, you know, if if I move one, is it the daddy or the mommy to some other ones or a partner or something where I'm like, oh, no, now this other one is on its own if I move a turtle?
0: Well, turtle, turtles are very social. Um, they're also very, very intelligent. They outperform rats in ma- maze tests, so um, they recognize individuals. But they uh, are socially um, reliant on one another, i.e., when they're all basking on a log, you see a, a bunch of them. And if one of them see, senses danger and leaps in the water, they all leap in the water. So they, there's this way that they interact that w- it does contribute to their survival. Mm-hmm. But um, you're not going to be removing a turtle from the wild unless you think it's injured. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so that's, that's always appropriate. And you had mentioned something about uh, t- uh, turtles on the street, and if we see one crossing the street, because that's where we would see them generally, I guess, unless we're hiking somewhere, where I'd assume if we're hiking, it's probably Maybe. fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <laughs> you know, it alone. we're yeah. driving down the street, or we're right. sort of in that, that mid-range where I'm like, I'm kind of near where there's not... Uh, development, but maybe it's a, a mid thing, and there's a turtle somewhere on the side of the road. What, what then?
0: Right, right. Um, well, use your common sense. Look around. If it looks like a wooded area, looks like there's water sources. There's a reason why that turtle is there. Help it across the road, always in the direction it is heading. And I'd like to recommend people take them about fifty yards off. The curb of the road, so get them out of view from other motorists, so that there's less danger that they might be, you know, hit.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. And I have one other question because we were talking a little bit about their habitat, and and I remember you and I were talking a little earlier, and I was like, well, what do they eat? And you had said that they were. Did you say they were omnivorous, or did you say they were they were opportunistic eaters? I can't um, remember. You used a great word. I think
0: I did both. Omnivore. Okay. Right? And yeah, So yeah. I
1: call myself a uh, pescivore,
0: so I eat fish, uh-huh. you know, or uh-huh. pescatarian. So yeah, yeah. So they will pretty much make use
1: of any food. Because you a- said they hunt, sort of. Do you mean hunt, like, forage hunt, or, like, hunt? Like, they don't eat other animals, do they? Yeah. Or bugs and things?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and you want to see a turtle um, really go to town, um see one put a slug in front of one they love slugs and that's why they're great that sounds absolutely horrifying no it's really (laughs) great to have one in your garden everybody's like worried oh it'll eat my tomato well it will preserve
1: one in your garden naturally occurring don't bring it to your garden take that away don't bring a turtle to your garden do not
0: bring no but they do sometimes wander into gardens um and um they're very very helpful for gardeners okay All right.
1: Well, let's see. I'm wondering if it's a time to to take a break right now. Let's take a break and we're going to come back and answer a couple more questions with Patricia when we come back after the break. So stay tuned.
2: Hello out there, it's Steve Jenkins, I'm with Fairway Markets. White Leghorn, Red Wattle, Bourbon Red, Navajo Churro. Well, these aren't names you're likely to hear at a Fairway Butcher counter or any other counter today, but before the rise of factory farming, you would have. And at Heritage Foods USA, you still do. Heritage Foods USA exists to promote genetic diversity. Small family farms and a fully traceable food supply. You see, we believe the best way to help a family farmer is to buy from them. And Heritage Foods is honored to represent a network of family farmers and artisanal producers whose work presents an immeasurable gift to our food system and to biodiversity. The meat we celebrate, whether it's heritage turkey, Japanese steaks, Berkshire pork, or Navajo churro lamb chops, is the righteous kind from healthy animals of sound genetics that have been treated humanely and allowed to pursue their natural instincts. It's a simple fact. Animals raised according to this philosophy taste better. And as we like to say, you have to eat them to save them. Visit us at heritagefoodsusa.com for more information.
1: Hello. So we're back with Patricia Johnson, who does uh, turtle rehab and conservation. And we're talking about all kinds of things about turtles. So my next question, um, we've just talked about a lot of wild turtle stuff and finding turtles and what to do and all of that is, are you opposed to turtles or all turtles as pets? What, you know, what is that about as far as turtles as pets? What, what do you think?
0: Well, um, I... Think they make wonderful pets provided they're not taken from the wild. Um, there are several breeds that are exotic breeds that are um, bred in captivity and make wonderful pets. And what I want to add is, turtles are long lived. So, some of our species in New York City, our, our common snapping turtle and our eastern box turtle, for instance, have been documented to live over a hundred years. Now what? What a wonderful yeah. thing!
1: Yeah, and I'd be lucky to get there. <laughs> right, <laughs> what a wonderful that long. Thing. No.
0: So what we have is if you your family decides to bring in a pet turtle, what you have is an heirloom pet. And what do you mean when you say
1: heirloom pet, Patricia?
0: <laughs> it's it's a term I I coined a while ago because I wanted to get people to start thinking of these pets as members of the family that get passed down for generation to generation. And so that you're not thinking, oh, I'm just going to give my, my kid a little, uh, a little turtle that we bought along the street or at a fair. And Mm -hmm. if he gets tired of it, we're just going to discard it or something, but realize that that's a integral part of your family. And, and it's a wonderful thing. I mean, wow. Can you imagine what it'd be like to have your grandfather's boyhood
1: turtle? Like, well, I think it would be lovely. Yeah. And know? and I guess there's I guess there's are there other pets then that would qualify as heirloom pets as Because well? There's some that do outlive us. I mean <laughs> yes, you some. you already, you know, you're already you're already down with that cuz you've got the parrots and the yeah. big, the big birds.
0: Hi. Yeah. Our parrots, we have an Eclectus parrot, a uh, Moluccan cockatoo and a Umbrella um, cockatoo and yes, we're prepared for them to last in How old is long the youngest? Mm, maybe 15. Um, and the oldest are in their late 20s. So they're very young.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, they're that, very young. That's, that's young. That's why putting training into parrots seems like a good idea. Yeah. Um, so, you know, then that brings us to, is there a mindful way to get a pet turtle? Because certainly, you know, I work with dogs and, um, you know, and I see a lot of other, you know, family pets and there seems to be. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly as far as, you know, how do you acquire something?
0: Absolutely. And in uh, pet turtle world, um, that exists as well. Mm-hmm. So what, what I recommend is um, to people for people to hook up with a turtle rescue organization. There are several in New York, or three that I r- really recommend. Um, one is the New York Turtle and Tortoise Society uh, in New York, and that's nytts.org. The other two uh, is Turtle Rescue of the Hamptons, mm-hmm. and
1: yeah, and I have their link here, and we can put this in the we'll put in the, the blurb links, at yeah. the end, and, and they can probably find it on your page, maybe, or
0: they can email you. Yeah, email me. Okay. And um, Turtle Rescue of Long Island, um, there's always turtles that are, you know, for for varying circumstances, people do not want to give up their pets. But sometimes they have to, they have to move, um, you know, across overseas or something. And so there's always one that is in need of a new forever home.
1: Yeah. And not unlike, you know, being able to take in a a shelter cat or dog that Mm. you're like, instead of getting another one, you know, off the street. Um, Yeah. And so that brings us to the other question, because, you know, all I, all I, all I really know about turtles is like the ones that wander through the garden, or the little ones you see down on the street or the fairs, that kind of thing. You know, we see them a lot on Canal Street and, and things yeah. like that, and they seem itty-bitty cute and very easy, Just you just, uh, you know, plunk them in a, you know, a pie plate with water and rocks, seemingly. Um, what is the deal with the street turtles? What... What's what's going on there? What, okay. do we need to, what do we need to know about right, those? right,
0: right. If you've seen a turtle that somebody's selling and it's, uh, his shell is under four inches um, in length, it is illegal activity. And this is because um, the turtles can be carriers of salmonella, especially those little green ones, because they're not usually raised. If somebody's breeding them to sell, they're not generally concerned about diseases. They're just trying to produce a lot of animals and make a quick buck mm-hmm. off of them. Now, that little guy super cute a wonderful pet mind you but he will get to be about nine inches to 12 inches and you'll need a gallon of water per inch of turtle to maintain it in extensive um, filtration system mm-hmm. now when people get their pet turtle filtration systems going on their habitat set up i let me tell you they can be so beautiful um, really it can be Uh, like a a fountain system so they'll have aquatic plants and they'll have water you know flowing around you know a nice staged area even in New York City people probably dedicate a corner of their living room for their pet turtles and they are so smart I was talking to you earlier about how you can um, train them using a laser pointer and so you can train your turtle to have do tricks and um they're really um i'm gonna google
1: turtle show turtle show yeah google humane humane turtle show show later i've seen people do uh, agility training no i was gonna ask you you haven't seen agility they don't (laughs) seem very agile um (laughs) yeah but you don't everybody thinks a turtle is slow yeah that's what i said i was like well you know they're so slow like you know we hear the tortoise and the hare and that sort of thing and you're like no they're fast and i was like tell me about fast turtles what what's a fast (sighs) turtle? turtle what makes a turtle move
0: they um Wow, um, they they well they don't want to be around you. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> oh, so well, yeah, fear. All right, yeah. avoidance. That and, that makes sense. Um,
0: they really can book away if you turn your back, and um, because they're what's called cryptic species. Cryptic means that you're not easily found in the wild. I.e., the uh, fall leaf. Yeah. Pattern on the turtle. Once that turtle is in a pile of leaves, you're hard pressed to find him again. Yeah. It, it is
1: so well camouflaged. I heard someone say that they kept track of their turtle, their pet turtle. They would let it out in the yard to like roam around in the sun and they, you know, kept a pretty good eye on it, I heard. Or, or maybe I saw it in a movie. I get real life in movies confused, <laughs> but I think they taped a helium balloon helium to its balloon. back so they could track it around the yard. To That's Is it. that inhumane or is that kind of like, okay, as long as you're really watching them, like, you know, it, at least as much as you'd almost watch a toddler. To like, yeah. like, Cause they yeah, could right. get out and they
0: could get out and um, you don't want to lose them. Um, it's, it's very, very sad when people do lose them in, it, yeah. you know, in the winter, especially, or, you know, they don't find them
1: for the winter. It's very worrisome. So do they have a lost and found thing for turtles? Like, I mean, Aside from just Craigslist lost and found, I mean, do people really lose their turtle pets?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, they do, <laughs> yeah. they do, so I don't know about that, I really need to you research them. You that. have an
1: outdoor enclosure, don't you, for the turtles that you are starting to reintroduce for my, that I've seen?
0: Yeah, and for they're for my patients, and, and just to be clear, reintroduction is a, a scientific term, so it's not, ex- I, I don't do that, I return turtles to mm. there, so mm-hmm. if they have a physical issue um, that I need to monitor for a little while longer, they go out into that, it, it, Predator proof enclosure, Mm -hmm. or um, sometimes the uh, aquatics have shell injuries and nothing better than sunlight. Yeah. That will help that. And a little more rigorous movement, maybe, so they can
1: kind of get their agility back. It's not like they can bolt back and forth in your house. No. <laughs> little, 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 little turtle turtle bocce courts where they just run up and down.
0: No. <laughs> um,
1: you had told me, and I really want to see this, that for some people that have their pet turtles and with those like um, amazing things they do, that there's a Facebook turtle group for like pet house turtles. <gasps>
0: yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, I'm
1: sure they can Google it and look red for it. red but... ear
0: slider. Jeez, um, maybe owner's red-eared slider. Just search red-eared slider and you will get such a wonderful community people who really really love their pets they um share their habitat you know innovations and their little new tanks and um you know people who are very very enthusiastic enthusiastic about being good turtle owners
1: yeah and so how many other people in new york state right now that you know of or you know if there's a count are doing what you do
0: Mm. i i i would I guess, you know, maybe a dozen, two dozen. And um, this is why I started uh, Turtle Intensives. Our next meeting is March mm-hmm. 6th at Vassar College, is to encourage people to join our, uh, join us and learn more about turtle rehab. Um, sometimes all I need, right now I ha- I'm licensed by the state to train people in turtle rehabilitation, mm-hmm. and I have um, my first apprentice is now just caring for three hatchlings they're easy to care for all the, because it's winter i can't release them so we i just have to find somebody who can watch over them make sure they're eating for the winter and mm-hmm. then in the spring they're going to be released so you can start out very slowly and very small things can
1: make a huge right. difference and they know where these hatchlings came from they'll release them back there because also the yes. hatchlings have they really imprinted on that area yet you're talking about how they like kind of know is it it is it as critical with hatchlings? Can you get a, not that you would, but can you get, you know, like play a little looser if you're like, I can't get them back there.
0: Yeah, no. Or uh, I don't know
1: where they showed up.
0: Um, thank goodness. All mine uh, come from habitats that are wonderful. All of the ones that I have. And these three come from Fonstock um, Park, which is huge. It's glorious. It's a wonderful habitat. And they're, they're going back there. And so, um, you know, the mother got hit um, and injured and then she hasn't been able to return and she laid eggs while she was under my care so i know exactly where she, where her offspring belong
1: okay is yeah. it passed down genetically as opposed to experientially
0: yeah, well, this is question. Or they do they teach each other
1: from just other, not the mom and dad, because you said the mom leaves them, but, like, just from other local turtles, that they're like, do we just kind of follow the trail of another turtle right? and it'll go somewhere good?
0: These are all interesting questions. Like, is there epigenetics epigen- in play with mm-hmm. the turtle? Uh, there's also uh, genetics. So you have, can have a micropopulation that has certain specialties according to their habitat, even though you can find eastern box turtles in several different states in the U.S., you wouldn't you know maybe one would not be able to survive in the south as opposed to the north so um we just to be safe always return the animal to where its home population is and we don't know enough about diseases yet yeah and that is uh right now we're living in an era um worldwide multiple species humans included there's there's um Uh, Diseases that are are spreading, they're jumping, they're uh, boarding airplanes and landing in other countries. And, and, you know, we we really want to be careful about that because it's just so little known. So you don't want to ever move one turtle from one area to another. Besides of the um, site fidelity, you might introduce disease and wipe out that local population. It's too huge of a risk.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know this This is kind of the, a weird thing, and I brought this up earlier, is the last time I was in New Orleans, they had at a restaurant, turtle soup. Yeah. And I was like, mm, no, Patricia's my friend. And I, I try to be an adventurous eater, eater, but less so with meats these days, because I'm like, I don't really need to like another meat. It's probably not helping the earth so much, you know, just a little. And I, you know, was like, no, Patricia would not like that. I'm not going to have the turtle soup. But turtle is food in a lot of places. What, what, What is that about? Is that... Is that awful? What turtles are those? What's the, you know?
0: Um, Well, it it is, there is a tradition and a history um, regionally in America um, that, you know, the people ate turtles and um, in back in the turn of the last century, the diamondback Terrapin was farmed almost and hunted almost to extinction because of the uh, it was considered a delicacy. Uh, they used to ship them up to Chicago to the fancy hotels and offer it. But what we do as humans, which is great, is when we realize that what we do as a habit is, Conservationally um, unsustainable. We don't. We no longer do that. We no longer kill birds just for their feathers to put on hats. We no longer eat certain things, or, or just slaughter beaver. You know. So, mm-hmm. there, there we're. It's it's a slow process, um, and it. I think it's a very important one because scientific studies show that taking animals for food consumption out of the wild is completely unsustainable that population while you may not see it during your lifetime will disappear in t- the next
1: few hundred years because there's just so many more people eating them there are animals reproducing in most cases
0: right and their their biology is that, um such that um, they depend on long life and a slow life to keep their population going so if you have a population of a hundred turtles and you lose two adults per year Because of that loss of breeding potential, that population is extinct. It's gone within 72 years, and this has been proven scientifically or statistically. So um, we don't want to participate in that. Um, And uh, there are countries in Asia and stuff where they've lost, completely lost, they've
1: completely consumed their turtle populations to extinction. Wow. Yeah. So uh, two last questions. One is, is there any prerequisite to take the, um, the uh, special course that you're doing at Vassar? Can people just find out about it? Do they have to have any sort of pre-training, or can they kind of roll in and go, I'm just interested, let's do it? Absolutely. We have people with, uh, who are veterinarians, field biologists, people
0: with... 30 years experience uh, rehabbing turtles to people just starting. They're just interested. So uh, I really want to keep a mix and keep a conversation going amongst the many communities that are working in turtle conservation. So if you are interested, listener, please just email me. Uh, TurtleAdvocate at gmail.com And I'll send you all the information And if you can't make this meeting But are interested in the uh, future ones Just let me know and I'll add you To the announcement list
1: that sounds great. And if they're interested in any other type of getting involved and they, they can't make that, they can also look at your webpage, uh, org. Mm-hmm. And anything else you would suggest for them to do straight away if they're interested after they hear this? Well, I can also talk you through the uh, process of getting licensed as a wildlife rehabilitator.
0: You only have to be 16 years of age. You pass a test, and you have two recommendation letters. And we, it really – you can start out very, very slowly and um, really – feel good about doing something important and impacting the
1: future of these animals. Well, that is a great start. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks so much for coming on. We're going to wrap up now, and I just want to thank Patricia again so much. Thank you for coming and enlightening us about uh, these secretive turtles <laughs> and the the do's and don'ts uh, of them. So thank you so much, Patricia. Yeah, thank you. It was so much fun. All right, and we'll um, we'll talk to you later. It's my pleasure to be here today for Celia, and she'll, she'll be back next week. All right, bye-bye.